Can I've I? got my big ass can. I've got a big ass can. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to episode 14 of the Massive Attack Podcast. That's right, we're in our third year of podcasting now. Well, technically our second year. No, we started in 2011. It's now 2013. Yes. So it's our third year of podcasting. And I guess if you're listening to this, you must have survived the Mayan apocalypse. Yeah, good on you. Achievement unleashed. Uh, Unleashed. Unlocked. (laughs) Okay, so I'm Mitch, and with me as always is Joe. We are jawless this time. Yes, we had our special guest last month, and by all accounts, I think it was quite a fun evening. I think so. And hopefully we'll have Joel back and other guests in the future. Yeah, well, we've proved that we can do a three-way conversation, so I think it means we'll uh, open up the floodgates. Anyway, so let's get on it. It's 2013, get punchy. It's Christmas holidays just passed. We, like you said, we survived the Mayan apocalypse. So what did we do? Beautiful summer in Australia. We gamed. Yes, so stay indoors in the beautiful sun and get some of that pile of shame out of the way because I don't know about you, but I accumulated a little bit more over the holiday period to my pile of shame. So as quick as I can get them out, I'm putting more in. That's the trouble with being a gamer and having family and friends that know you're a gamer at Christmas time and they think, oh yeah, we'll just buy them a game because it's easy. And you end up having lots of games as Christmas gifts, and your birthday's just before Christmas, my birthday's not long after Christmas, so we both have that sort of Christmas birthday game pile now. Mm-hmm. We did get some good ones, I got Lego Lord of the Rings, which I'm quite happy about. Because you are a Lego junkie. Yes. Well, let's get straight into it. You have been playing some Lego games, why don't yes. we go well, crack them all? I mentioned on the last episode that I was about two-thirds of the way through Lego Harry Potter. I have now finished Lego Harry Potter, and when I say finished, I've actually gone the whole hog and got the full thousand gamer points for it, same as I have have with most of my other Lego games and yeah it's one of those things you get to a point in the Lego games where you finish the story and you look at your achievements well I know I do you look at your achievements and you're about 600 out of a possible thousand and you think to yourself yeah with a bit of effort I can get all of these but it was fun and I actually played a lot of levels with my five-year-old son because he's quite getting into Lego now so he enjoyed that not Resident Evil 6 no No. a little bit out of his leg I think he didn't quite like some of the scary characters in Harry Potter Lego Lego Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I I haven't tried to make him watch the movies yet. (laughs) Because I've only just done that myself. But yeah, I finished up Lego Harry Potter. And then leading up to Christmas and the Mayan apocalypse, the Xbox Live had some pretty good deals. They had like a deal a day counting down to the end of the year. And one of those deals was Lego games on demand at quite cheap prices. And I actually managed to pick up Lego Pirates of the Caravan for just under 20 bucks, which is a lot cheaper than I've seen it in the shops. It's the only time I've ever seen Xbox cheap live on demand cheap well when they say xbox on demand cheap that was one of the good ones i know on january 1st their idea of a sale was having skyrim 50 percent off and it was still i think 59 or 49 or something like that so yeah i don't know anyone that would really be buying that but 20 bucks for a lego game is justifiable and a new one too admittedly it's probably the weakest so far out of the lego games i've played you you familiar with the movie i've seen the first three but i haven't seen and which is this game based on all it's three? It's based on, on, okay. on all four, actually. Four. Okay. I, I haven't seen the fourth one. You're not missing anything. No. But the, the first one was good, and playing the game again kind of made me want to watch the movie. Then you got over it. Yeah, and then I got over it. But I, I don't know. It's it's a Lego game. Again, I'm, I'm playing most of it with my five-year-old, which means that I have to try and explain who all the characters are, and their names come up on the screen, and he repeats them repeatedly afterwards. So just lying? What? Do you tell him the truth? No, no. He, well, he can read, so he knows what... You know, yeah, you get the name right. Do you have to explain? And then the next day we'll play it again, and he'll be like, 
like, Dad, can I be Captain Jack? And I'm like, yes, you can be Captain Jack. And, yeah, we end up playing levels again on free play just so he can be Captain Jack. But, no, it, it's good. It's fun. But, you know, mechanically, it's not quite as good as, as say, your Lego Harry Potter. And I actually thought about it. And, as I said, I've played a lot of Lego games. And I know you've played some of the Star Wars Lego. I played them on my DS. Yeah. So I, I'm sure they're a lot bare bones and pared back. But you so. understand the concept yes. of how there's things you can build. And in the Star Wars games, there's things you can use the Force on. And it kind yep. of, like, magically goes together. And I think the Lego Harry Potter one makes it work more realistically because you have got a magic wand and you are magically building things. Mm. Whereas you sort of go, oh, you know, Lego Pirates, you're building it or you're digging things up and stuff like that. But the, the idea of magically making things appear kind of makes more sense. The Lego figures building in a Lego world. How <laughs> yes. much realism do you need? Well, exactly. But you know what I mean. Okay. So I definitely don't think I'll be getting the full thousand points in this one because just looking at some of the achievement lists, there's one of the achievements is finishing the first level without picking up any studs and I just can't see that being possible unless there's like some sort of treat out there where you can collect them all and then magically drop them at the end and it still counts as zero when you get to the end but I don't know I may back it and see what I can do if I feel desperate but yeah but some of the other stuff that they had on sale in the lead up to the end of the year they had Trials Evolution DLC was on special so I did get that I still haven't touched Trials Evolution yet, which is weird because I loved HD and it's like, yes, yeah, so I'm going to buy that and never did for some reason. So yeah, I, I'm missing the boat because I know it's, I mean, I love Trials, so I know what I'm in for, but the playing against friends aspect yeah. seems awesome, but I've sort of missed the boat on that one, I well, think. They've got racing in it, and I think we may have actually talked about this earlier in the year when it first came out. They've got racing in it, but the racing is kind of different to what Trials is. Trials is more about getting over obstacles and mm multiple attempts at trying to do things and beating your time and stuff like that whereas the multiplayer stuff is pure race which yep. is yeah a little bit different I mean they're still the obstacle course yeah. Yeah, so you've got to do it just quicker than someone else that's all. exactly but the joy of why I really got into the first Trials HD was just the fact that they have that little ghost marker of where people on your friends list are and especially with the long jump and the high jumps and just the crazy games you've always got those markers and it's like oh if he can do that I can do that and okay, I know better. me and you are sort of playing off each other quite a bit ridiculously you know. I guess you want to text something tip the leaderboard yeah the yeah. ski jump one that's cut you know I got however much I can't remember next to four the inches on you or something you're like oh yeah <laughs> or I think <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, so there's extra DLC levels now, and I've played through the easy part of them, but I got to a point where it was so hard that I just had to stop. And I think with the first one, you could do about 200 fouls before it said you've done enough fouls and you have to stop. Now they've bumped that up to 500, and I thought, well, who would ever do 500 fouls? But I actually attempted (laughs) one race, and... I got to the point where I was sort of on a rooftop and I had to jump off a roof onto a swinging sort of shipping container and then from that as it was swinging use the momentum of that swing to jump onto the next ramp and after 500 attempts of that piece of apparatus I gave up and thought well I didn't give up I was forced to give up by by the system telling me I'd done too many trials well, that, that, when that's the thing with trials is I, I love the easy and then it did get harder what I what I loved in the end the most was the long jumps the high jumps and those sort of things yeah. so though, and how many bones you could break that yeah. was yeah that awesome. was a good one wasn't it so those were more fun to me the insane hard ones weren't fun it really is a rewarding game if you want to put the time and do 500 attempts I'm telling you now I will never do that many 
I will crack the shits and come back to it in a couple of weeks if I'm that bad at it. So that's the only reason I probably haven't jumped so far on the game. But, you know, it'll be on sale cheap and I will do it. And it's nice having games just on the hard drive when if you've got a half hour or 20 minutes or 10 minutes to kill, you don't want to go and grab something off the shelf and put it in the machine, just want to play something quickly. Mm. It's the perfect game for that. I really should get it. It's funny that you say come back to it like later after you've made the attempts. Like after I failed out at the 500, I tried it a couple of days later. And I think the fact that I'd failed on the obstacle before it meant I wasn't getting enough momentum going into the obstacle that I did. Because the second time I tried it, I breezed through it and I didn't even fail on that bit. So yeah, it's all perception at the time, I guess. Mm. But even with Trials Evolution, though, the, the fun games aren't quite as fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're not quite as good as they were in the first one. There's one where you've got like Icarus wings and you have to jump off your bike and flap your wings and get as much distance as you can. That's kind of fun, but they haven't got the same appeal as the first one, unfortunately. So what's the DLC bring? The DLC brings... Basically, it's another island. I think it's called Pain Island or something like that. So it's just more tracks of obstacles that you can go through. The first, the easy one's like four tracks I think and then I'm into the not so easy one which is another six tracks and then I think there's a, a hard and an extreme after that which That's it. I haven't got to yeah but it was only I think 200 points on That's sale nothing, yeah. so I figured 200 points for you know an extra lot of tracks is it could be an extra couple of hours of gameplay and probably is if I did 500 for attempts yeah so that was that was good and one of the other things they had on special which is kind of like Trials only a bit more cartoony is Joe Danger 2 the movie yeah, Joe Danger 1 was essentially trial, a cartoony trial from memory yeah Joe Danger once kind of like Trials and Excite Bike sort of merged together mm-hmm. and it was more about doing the tricks on your motorbike than getting over the obstacles and Joe Danger 2 is probably more of the same only you're not necessarily on a motorbike like I've only played through the first couple of levels and in that you're filming like an action movie and you're the ultimate stuntman and it's a bit Indiana Jonesy and you're, you're kind of in a, a mine car and you're rolling down like railway tracks in a mine and doing jumps and stuff yeah, it's fun and, and that was fairly cheap as well I think that was only 400 points when I picked that up yeah so that, that's that's worth it and you can play with the kids around yeah exactly it's something that the kids actually like Joe Danger and it's something they can kind of get the hang of it's yeah you can simply play it by you know one one trigger for the accelerator one for, trigger for the brake and not worry about doing tricks and not worry about like collecting the stars and the other collectibles or you can go all out and try and get as many tricks and try and do the whole course in one combo and collect stuff so it, it's good on different levels which is which is fun and it's PG so yeah the kids can get into it as well and finally well did we discuss last time Puzzle Quest? We discussed Puzzle Quest 1 because I picked that up and then you sort of talked about how you had Puzzle Quest on your DS and then Puzzle Quest on the iPad and my wife decided that she was going to get Puzzle Quest 2 for her iPod and because we basically just have the one iTunes account when she downloaded it it meant I have it on the iPad now and I thought to myself yeah I'll, I'll try and avoid that but it sucked me in and I spent many, many hours over the Christmas break just sitting there with my iPad playing through Puzzle Quest 2. And my wife has now completed it on the iPad, on the iPod, and she decided we should get it on XBLA as well. And she's <laughs> halfway through her second playthrough, I think, on the Xbox. Yeah, you played it on all these devices, which is the ideal. I like the fact that on the TV on the Xbox, but I, I really love the mobility of the iPad. She's got an iPod Touch, and I find that the iPod Touch is just that little bit too small. And my stubby Tyrannosaurus fingers, like, trying to touch the screen, I end up moving the gems that I don't want to move and stuff like that. So iPad is probably my favourite, and it's probably the one I've played the most. How much, was, which is the cheapest? Um, the iPad one was 2 dollars And considering we've got that now on, on the iPod and the iPad, and as I said, she's finished it a couple of times already. For 3 bucks. For 3 bucks. Yeah. And I think it was about 8 bucks, so sort of about 800 points, I think, maybe 1,200 points. I'm not sure on the Xbox. But yeah, it's definitely better value. 
when you Oh, that was it. silly. And I bought... Was it that or Peggle? I bought the disc version. Like, it was a, <laughs> or like a, a couple of games on a disc. So I actually have to go grab it to put it in. Yeah. Or I should... Online is yeah. the best way to have it. It's a perfect game they to have on the hard drive. collection? Yeah. There's so definitely like Peggles on that Peggle one. and Zuma or something like that? Yeah. yeah. And Bejeweled or something. And it's those perfect games to have on your hard drive. Yeah. You put them on... A, you get them on a disc, it's a shit. Yeah, exactly. Because you've got to go grab the disc and put it in. So right. I, I shouldn't have bought that disc. It's funny you mentioned Peggle because my wife actually compares it to being the most addictive game she's played since Peggle. Mm. Like over Christmas, there were stages where, you know, we'd be laying in bed and I'd see the little flash of light and I'd sort of roll over in bed and she'd be laying there in bed at like two in the morning playing Puzzle Quest 2 on her on her iPhone. Well, Peggle was the, like that for me with, I had it on my DS, on my iPhone, on the Xbox. So yeah. it's one of those games where it's like, oh, it's, it's cheap enough and I can get it for all my devices. I'm going to throw it on everything. Yeah. So I totally understand. Yeah. Well, well, that was my gaming Christmas. And other than that, I, I probably should mention that I also got uh, Lego Batman 2 for Christmas as well. Although I haven't physically got that yet. My wife just told me she'd ordered it for me and it hasn't turned up in the mail. No, it's not like you're in a hurry. No, I've got plenty of other stuff. And you actually bought me Just Cause 2 for Christmas. I did. Yes. I don't know how much I love Just Cause. Oh, no, you don't. No. <laughs> but it's one of those things it's an old game now Just Cause 2 and it's a game that everyone talked up so I, I think I'll get a lot of hours out of that as well I'm looking forward to that but what about you Mitch I know you've well, had a chance to finish yep, I started Pro Street again no just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I did play Alan Wake and I played through on that one which again it's a kind of old game but really really good like really effective yeah I know it was something that when it came out both of us were very keen on it was too then, expensive yeah back when games were 100 bucks exactly and yeah we were waiting and now I think you get it for around 20 yeah. so um, it's worth 20 bucks definitely hmm. I'm going to get the DLC I, I was ready to jump straight into the DLC because there's two add-ons to the current game and there's also a independent DLC game called American Nightmare which yeah. is meant to be very good oh, okay so I wanted to go straight into that but the pile of shame is big enough that I don't need to go buy more yeah. stuff so I'm sort of like let's let's churn through while I'm on holidays I'm going to churn through as many games as I can and that was a good 12-14 hours and really effective like I know you told me about it at the time because I was later to gaming but it was meant to be a launch title or very close to launch when the Xbox 360 came out. And we're yeah. talking, that's an eight-year-old device yeah. now. And it only came out, what, three years ago? I think it was about three years ago. Yeah. yeah, so obviously something happened somewhere. And it looks good still, but it would have looked amazing if it had come out when it did. Yeah. Like, if it, were, if it was a launch title, because the water effects... The premise of the game is you're a writer like a Stephen King, and you sort of get into this strange adventure to get your wife back. She's in the woods, she's been kidnapped, you're in the woods, and all of a sudden these zombie-like creatures that uh, they don't like the light. So you're running around with a gun and torch yeah. and you flash a torch on them and they sort of burn and then you can shoot them. Yes, yeah, so it's uh, all about the light effects and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, so you're running through the woods, which look amazing, and you've got this torch. So the shadows and the way the light casts shadows and falls on everything, it looks amazing. Yeah. It really does. The water effects are fantastic, the shadow effects. So just on the, that alone, it just looks great. But yeah. it's got a really good vibe and feel to it. So you're running through the woods and turn the lights off, play it at night, and it's kind of really scary. It's very cinematic. Like if you're, you're running through the forest and you're trying to get to the next bit, then all of a sudden it goes into like a slow down cinematic and the camera pans and it's like, oh, shit and it pans to these dudes coming out of the forest at you and you're like okay, okay game on and that's yeah. when you've got to pull it all together sort of really good puzzle stuff 
I mean, it's, it's just really atmospheric and moody and effective. And just, it's a rewarding story, and you sort of really get into it. And you, you play a writer who's in this story, and then you find all these pages of a book everywhere. Like, it's one of the collectibles. You've got to pick up coffee thermoses, too, which they've added as a collectible aspect of the game. But you pick up these pages of a novel that you've written, but you don't remember writing. Oh, okay. And, and you can read these pages of the novel, and you sort of get clues as to what's happening, because it starts off, and your stuff that's happened is in these pages, and you're sort of going, how's this happening? And then you get teasers of what's to come, so you sort of get a little idea of what's about to happen to you sometimes with some of these pages, and yeah. so that's kind of quirky. And it's kind of episodic as well, isn't it? So it's sort of broken up into chapters. Yes. Yeah. I like the fact that is because then you can play, you know, a chapter a night or whatever you're not. Yeah, and, and you can easily do that. Um, you do a chapter and go, oh, I'm done. That's yeah. it. I'll do the next one tomorrow. And you do want to pace it out because you don't want to finish it because it is that rewarding and fun. I I really dug up the dialogue and the voice acting's pretty good. Yep. And the dialogue's very good. So, yeah, it just really dug it. Well, it's just, just very different. Like, I mean, you can shoot waves and waves of zombies. I mean, that, that's kind of yeah. dull and passe now. This is a little bit different. just adds another dynamic. And, yeah, definitely it's well, cheap and do it. Okay. Well, that's good. And another one that I played, which is a reasonably new game for me, which is the Transformers Fall of Cybertron. Yes. Well, that's a 2012 release that you've actually finished in 2012. And it's just great. I mean, I love Transformers. I love the original game. Yeah. This is just more of the same, really. Probably a few more little quick-time event bits in it, which doesn't worry me. I'll get onto that with my next game. But um, it's just, again, more of the same, and it's great. The story's good. It's a nice, compact Transformers story. Yeah. And, and it looks brilliant, doesn't it? It does. It just it's kinetic, yeah. and that's what it is. And yeah. yeah, rewarding again. It's short and quick, and you're in and you're out and you're done. And it's like, yep, that was fun. I'm happy with that. And you get to play Decepticons as well as you play both ones? sides. It's well, one good. story, and you play both sides. That's good. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. But well, the next one. Yeah. So is, you mentioned Quick Time Events. Yep. And basically, didn't really know this game existed. Like, I just totally ignored that it happened another 2012 game. Yeah. But it was only in a lot of the best of 2012 lists. We watched a few shows like Good Game and listened to a few podcasts. And, like, Sleeper Hits or Underrated Games and all this. Everyone talks about this game called Azura's Wrath. And it just... Maybe I did see it and it just didn't look like my sort of game. I don't know. But everyone who talked about it just said, it's so crazy and yeah. so much fun. And then the more I saw it, it's like, maybe I will. And I've never played God of War. Yeah. And you, you, you had the PS2, so you've you familiar with it and I've never understood what it is because I've never played it and you said we've got Dante's Inferno and Bayonetta yeah and and you said they're similar sort of games yeah but I don't know how they rate Rhea where this looks like this is the ultimate God of War where it's like God of War's not big enough we're going to go bigger in this game and but it's a Japanese take on it and it is the most Japanese game ever isn't it it's it like, is well you open up and it's like watching anime yeah. like you, you are literally watching anime there's all this dialogue going on and the music and almost opening credit stuff and you start with a battle and you start just fighting and then it's essentially quick time events and you left, right hit A, hit B, whatever and then you're sort of flying from this space station down towards Earth and you, things are coming out at you and you've got to target them and shoot them and stuff like that so you're playing a little bit of gameplay there and then it goes back to quick time events but you don't well I didn't care yeah. so if you don't like quick time events don't play this game because okay. a lot of it is but it's almost like an inter- it's a, it is an interactive anime Okay. so the music's there like everything you know if you know anime it just feels like one that you just happen to interact with and then you'll fight so you'll get into an arena and you'll fight but it, it's over the top and you play a deity called Hasura and he's very very angry 
He's goddamn <laughs> angry. He's just grimacing teeth the whole time. And when he gets super angry, he grows an extra two pair of arms and just goes bug fuck beating the fuck out of things. And it's it's just fun. And the thing is with too many of these, like I played Thor, yeah. which I never finished. You could compare it to that in the same way that there's quick time events and you're beating up and you're doing the same sort of thing. Problem with Thor, it's badly designed. The controls are shit and it's damn repetitive. Yeah. Now, all right, it's a cheap game. It's a tie-in, so they didn't bother doing a lot. The good thing about Zero's Wrath is like with the quick time events means you can have a segment that's interesting visually without just throwing more and more minions at you to beat up. Yeah. So it escalates beautifully. I think it could have escalated better, like the third or fourth. And it's, again, like Alan Wake, it's in chapters or episodes. You sort of get opening credits at the start of it and you get, like, very anime. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're episodes. You're going through, you, you do these fights and they literally are ridiculously over the top. Like, you get to a bit where you fight a guy and he's big and then he gets bigger. It's like, fuck, he's huge. This is going to be fun. So you're fighting a Titan or a Colossus or something. Yeah. And then just to make some more fun, he gets bigger again. And you're fighting a dude who's bigger than the planet. I mean, it is ridiculously over the top, but so much fun. And quick time events is the only way to make this work because you can't can't have a set number of buttons to say strong kick, punch, blah, and then you come up against a, you know, planet-sized being and use those same things. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So it works for what it is. And I'd like to see, I mean, I was thinking about it going, I would love a good Superman game in this style if you just created crazy scenarios yeah. that is so ridiculously Superman big and as long as the interaction is fun and good you could have him do ridiculous things the problem with the Superman game is punch, kick, ice breath, heat vision Yeah, and you try and make that as buttons work for every scenario it yeah. gets repetitive and monotonous yeah, exactly you so, end up with Superman 64 yeah or even the <laughs> Superman Returns game for the 360 yes I did play it <laughs> <laughs> so it is just crazy ridiculous. Now there is a issue with the you finish the game, which is fine. You can finish the game and be happy. But yep. guess what? It's not the real ending. Not the real ending. No, they say, oh, for the real ending, go to the Xbox Live Store and download it and pay you five hundred and sixty Microsoft points. So it's like six bucks. It's not a lot, but you think if you've got a real ending, put it on the fucking disc. Exactly. I can understand maybe doing an alternative ending as DLC, but not like the real ending. Yeah, this is the real ending. And it's like, hmm. And there's lost chapters as well. There's two chapters in there, like chapter 11.5 and chapter 15.5 of DLC. And I downloaded those. As part of the same 500? No, 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 they're they're 120 points. So they're cheap. Yeah. Like two bucks, I think it works out to yeah. be. And they're not computer generated. They're actually anime, but okay. they're interactive. Oh. Like, so, but they're fun. I mean, they're a couple of minutes and you're done and it's finished. It was a good add-on to a game that is so much fun and good. You want more. So you don't mind spending $2 for an extra chapter. Yeah. And I was just wondering, maybe if they release this as chapters, you'd, it would be an awesome way to buy the game. If they yeah. just release a chapter and the next month you're waiting for the next one. Because so, it was so much fun, I would be waiting for that next chapter. Well, that seems to be working with the Walking Dead game that we haven't actually got here in Australia. But everyone's raved about how good that is in the fact that it's chapters and it's like every month or so they release the next chapter. Yeah, well, and, and it pretty much got Game of the Year, yeah. or at least top three in pretty much every list of Games of the Year. And here we I've are heard. in Australia without it on the Xbox. Like, I've downloaded it for the iPad, but I have got it on the iPad too. I started watched it, it yet, last played it yet. week. And it is, what people say, it's quite immersive and it's quite, you know, it makes you, I, I did panic at one bit because like, I had to make a choice and it was between two things. It's like, this isn't a good choice. It's, yeah. It wasn't fun. Like, I've been playing Mass Effect and you can play Paragon or Renegade. Yeah. 
around. And it's easy to be a nice guy. It's hard to be an asshole in those games. Like, yeah. you really go, would I say that? No, I'm not that. Like, so Walking Dead gives you some situations where it's like, these are both shit decisions and I've got to make one. And it's just, ah, oh, you ass. And okay. Yeah, so I've played the part of the first chapter. Like, on the iPad, the first chapter's free. Yep. So, yeah, I'm halfway through. It's about two hours a chapter, I think. Okay. I'm about an hour in, and Once, it's if very I can, effective. If I can pry myself away from Puzzle Quest 2, I'll probably give that a go. Yeah, so just to finish with the Zerus Wrath, there is two other DLCs there because it's a Capcom game. You can download a fight between Ryu from Street Fighter <laughs> and then Akuma, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so Big there's boss. two extra fights there, which is great because I've only done the Ryu one first. And again, it's 120 points, so it's okay. nothing. The first fight with Ryu is Street Fighter style, so it's left and right coming at each other okay. with, the, with the bars. And then second part of the fight is the Zerus Wrath style 3D with all the effects. And well, that sounds cool. It is. It's funky, but I, I still can't quite finish the end. I'm looking for a fact to how to finish because I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. And I wasn't out of spite, even though I enjoyed the game, not by the DLC ending or the real ending, as it's called. Yep. But I listened to a few podcasts talk about it and I've read a few things and they all said it is so worth it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've all said, oh, it's, it's so rewarding and so worth doing. So I've spent the money and it's there and I just have to finish it. I'll finish the rest of the game, but I wanted to do all the other DLC first. Oh, that's good. Definitely. It's so much fun. Like, I've gone back and played chapters because it's quite long when you've got all the talking and the anime sections. Yeah. But you can skip it. So technically, if it's just the fighting bit and you get ranked A, B, C, D or S and it's being better and you get rewards, if you get all S ranks or all A's, you get certain rewards here and there and unlock things. So I'm actually going back and trying to S rank everyone now. But they can be like four minutes in gameplay in total, a chapter. But if you take when you skip all the talking and dialogue, so once you've seen it once and it's really impressive. But once you just skip the gameplay, you can just skip, skip, skip. That's good. Shooting fight and fun. And the last one I am finished with is the Williams Pinball Collection. So that's another one that you bought on the recommendation of another podcast that we listened to. And I sort of like the idea and they were so, like this is the No Quarters podcast, which if you want to listen to a gaming podcast, they are the guys. Definitely. I, I recommend. But they got lost in this game. There's four guys talk about it and they were just, it, from month to month, they were, had stories about them playing it and I was like, it must be awesome. Yeah. And I saw it cheap last week. I bought it. Now you've been a bit of a pinball fan and you've got pinball effects on your Xbox and you've yeah. played quite a bit of that. Yeah, quite a bit. Where I never really jumped. I got the demos and I never never really went back yeah. and I thought well Williams the physics are meant to be better and well it's this. based on real pinball tables as well whereas pinball effects are purely you know virtual pinball tables whereas Williams collection is actual the hall of fame of real Williams 70s tables. through to the 90s yeah and I played it last night for the first time and I suck at real pinball and because these physics are correct I suck at this virtual <laughs> pinball and it wasn't fun I was getting shitty and you know I launched the fucking ball it goes through and it falls straight through the end or it goes through that sidebar where you can't do anything to do anything about it I'm like I got no points for that so I literally played it for about an hour and a half last night and it's like I'm done with this you can have it okay. so it's a gift for you because right, so. it's like trials If I got, I'm not going to get up to 500 things because it just gets to a point where it's like I'm not going to put the time time into this because what I realise is I like my adventure games I like a story getting me through an event yeah. as opposed to doing something multiple times till I get it right and I don't mm. know if that's being a new gamer and not going through aspects of maybe I missed aspects of gaming which make you do repetitive things like you really got into Pac-Man I remember yeah definitely like on the Xbox like you bought the download yeah I bought, I bought just normal Pac-Man and then I've 
I've also bought was a Pac-Man Championship Edition Deluxe or whatever, which is like the remixed Pac-Man with slightly different dynamics. And, and yeah, I went through that. Yeah. And and I couldn't think of anything worse. Mm. So those sort of games, you don't get anywhere. At the end of it, I cleared that level. I ate all those power pellets and I'm going to do it again. And it, it scares me to the, yeah. the idea of doing that. So same with pinball. It's like if I get a good score, like just say I get a million points on one thing, I'd have to play the game again for a half hour to beat that score. Yeah, well, so, that's the trouble that's, with them. doesn't work for me as a game. Yeah. I don't know. You obviously have a different... You're wired differently to me where I need that narrative. I need to be getting somewhere at the end where you want... You're not as bad as you were, but when it comes to achievements, yeah, it's definitely. like, I need to get this to get this achievement, so I need to play this table 14 more times. It's like where I'm like... I. Couldn't be bothered. Couldn't be bothered. Yeah, there, another gift for you. Yeah. <laughs> Take oh, it well. off of my pile and put it into yours. <laughs> well, I'll give you a report on that maybe next episode. I'll, I'll give it a try and see what I think of it. Like, I mean, it's very good and the physics are amazing. Like, it feels good, but I just, yeah. Just not for you. Not for me. pretty much amazing. Now, I did mention that it was my birthday just recently, and something that I get to do on my birthday that I don't get to do very often is actually Celebrate go out to your the... Welsh heritage. No, I actually get to go out to the cinema, because the uh, the in-laws will look after the kids, and my wife and I got to go to the movies. Is that an excursion? Yeah, well, it is a bit of an excursion. Or a date? Well, pre- well, it's probably more of a date than an excursion. <laughs> But previously, the last time we went to the cinema was when we took the kids to the cinema and saw the Thomas movie. So it was quite nice to actually go out to the cinema as an adult. Although, I must say, we did go and see a kid's film. We went and saw Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, but that's... that's On uh, different levels. Is uh, yes. And I know you went and saw Wreck-It Ralph as well. So. I did. I mean, great film. Yeah. I probably saw it the worst way possible, but still fun in going to the drive-in. Yeah. Because I do enjoy going to the drive-in. Unfortunately, I think I missed a lot of background jokes and nods and pastiches, like especially the Grand Central Station bit where you've got all these game characters in the background. And I'm sure there were so many jokes there that I just couldn't see because the... Yeah. the screen on this drive-in is not very good so I definitely have to see it again just for that but it's it's it was a great film and I definitely will see it again anyway yeah it's been marketed being a Disney film it's marketed as like a kids film but for me it's more your older person that has played games well would, definitely I mean it's there the references they're there but you don't need to know them no the kids are going to love it anyway well, I, I think kids would love it and I think the fact that it's all bright and colourful and, and fun which means the kids would love it but I just really dug it I like picked up on a lot of the references and it goes back to like gaming from when I was a kid and I first got into gaming. So it was well, I had Hubert right back in the day. So yeah, me that too. Was nice, so. Yeah. So no, it was good. I thought it was well well cast. The voices were really good. So I'm not a huge fan of Sarah Silverman. I don't think anyone really is a huge fan no. of Sarah, Sarah Silverman. There are some out there. Yeah, maybe. She was fine. I was worried that she was going to annoy me, but her character was great in the end. I was really happy with that. Well, her character was really just her. Sarah Silverman's whole stick is that she's a whiny little girl, and she played the character for a whiny little girl. But she did it well. Um, The other voice characters were really good. Well, there was friends of ours, obviously, went and saw it as well, and on Twitter they were commenting about the next convention they go to. They want to cosplay in the Wreck-It Ralph, and I want to be this character, I want to be that, and Mitch can be Wreck-It Ralph. It's like, no, get the (laughs) big guy. All right, fine. Uh, I'm going to wreck it. Yes. 
When you saw it, did you get to see the Hyperman trailer with it as well, or short with it as well? Yeah, it was a strange one. I really enjoyed that. It was very it Japanese good. in it. it yeah, was, I, I, those trailers generally are proof of concept of technology. Yeah. Like, I think they were using the animation to show hair or movement in the wind. So it was it was great technically, and it was yeah. interesting. It was very non-Disney. I was yeah, surprised. I, I it thought it was feel... very Japanese anime mm. style. I mean, it was good. Did you stay till after the credits? I only found out yesterday there's no, an after credit sequence. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go again. Uh, we watched a bit of the credits, and when the cast started rolling, we left rather than sitting. The yeah, apparently there's right. an after credits. Oh, okay. Oh, I really got to check that website. There is a yeah. website out there that tells you if you should stay after a movie or not. Oh, okay. So, but um, no, I enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph and I'm glad I went and saw it. And it's, it's quite strange that I talk about how we go and see a movie for my birthday that the last couple of years we've also seen kids' films for my birthday as well because I know we went and saw Up one year and I think Tangled another year, so another couple of Disney films. So that was good. But then I've also had a chance to watch a couple of movies at home on DVD mm-hmm. and following on from that sort of Disney Pixar sort of theme, we actually watched Brave, which... Because 2012 was the year of the Archer. Yeah. Because we had Hawkeye, we've had Arrow start in America, we had Hunger Games, and Brave. They all like their bows and arrows. But Brave was quite strange in the fact that the movie itself is nothing like how the trailer oh, okay. sort of makes oh, I've not seen it. It just didn't really appeal. Like, I'd be interested to see it, but there's so many other things that just sort of get in there first. The trailer kind of makes it out like it's... A girl that's a princess that has an adventure. And in a way it is, but it's not the adventure that you expect it to be based on the act. Okay. And there probably is a big plot point that I'm not going to mention because I don't want to spoil it. Because she if, does? No. Oh. no. And Spoiler. She's, and she's, <laughs> she's not Welsh either. She's Scottish. But the... The plot is not anything like what the, the ads made it out. And it's very, it's a horribly to sound sexist, it's very girly. Mm. It's all about her relationship with her mother. And you can tell it's written and directed by a woman, but that's not a bad thing so mm. before people start complaining. It's just got a different feel to your average Disney movie. Yeah. It's kind of good. Disney, I mean, I've only heard this secondhand, whether how true it is or not, I'm not sure. But they're very male-centric. Like, a yeah. lot of the characters are male because girls will see a movie about a boy. Boys won't see a movie about a girl. I don't know. I know a lot of people that have seen about a boy. It's a good film. <laughs> like, when it came to The Lion King, how true it is, I'm not sure, but they tested... They had so many, like, sketches of characters for all the ma- for Simba and Scar and all that and took them to schools and got kids to react to them and say, oh, which one do you like the most? It wasn't one person's vision. It was by design and corporate and test marketing to see what is the most appealing. Yep. But they only did it with the male characters. Okay. And it just sounds very Disney yeah. in that way that's very corporatized, knowing what the market is and how they're going to sell it. So it's very Pixar to go, well, let's make a film about a girl. Yeah. We don't have to do about a boy. Interesting. Yeah. I, I've, I've not seen it. I have heard it's not great What's compared to other Pixars. Now you're comparing it to your Monsters, Inc., your Toy Story trilogy, basically. Yeah. Cars 2, you sort of, people are starting to wonder. Like, Wally, the first half is great. Second half, it's a bit, yeah, it goes down a, a little bit. Yeah, so they're not hitting runs every time. And you go back and you look at Bugs Life now and you go, eh, is it just good? Yeah. Nemo's fantastic. I adore Monsters, Inc. and I adore the Toy Story trilogy. Yeah. But I've heard, you know, with Cars 2 and then Brave, everyone's going, yeah, where Tangle's meant to be pretty good and Wreck-It Ralph, if you told me that was a Pixar film, I would have believed Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the Lasseter is involved who did, I think Lasseter did Monsters, Inc. Yeah. And he, he was involved with Wreck-It Ralph, so you can see his influence is getting over there now. Yeah. So Brave is worth it? 
I think it is. Like, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Mm. And, like, it looks good and it's well cast. Most of the people that are in it are Scottish, other than Emma Thompson, who I think was a bit of a weird casting. This is English, at least. Well, it's English, at least. Could have been Anne Hathaway or someone. Well, true. Yeah, I thought it was well cast. Billy Connolly's good and, you know, you just think of Billy Connolly. Is it Connolly's... as good as How to Train Your Dragon? No. Nah. If you want to compare it to How, you, how to Train Your Dragon, How to Train Your Dragon is much better film. Okay. And Not that it's... Comparable in story, but they're no. Scottish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you could call How to Train Your Dragon Scottish, they're more kind of well, Vikings had... with Scottish accents. Well, I had Craig Ferguson. Yeah, well, I, actually, I think Craig there. Ferguson might actually be in Brave as well. I think he's one of the voices. But okay. no, I, I enjoyed Brave. It was good. Cool. But I also got to watch another movie, and not a 2012 movie, but kind of linked into 2012 movies. There's been a lot of buzz at the moment about how good Daniel Day-Lewis is in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd... Vampire Hunter. No, the real Lincoln. Uh-huh. Not the Lincoln lawyer either, because I think that was Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yes. Was but no. And did he have a shirt on? In the Lincoln lawyer? Probably not. Probably not. I but no. obligatory I, I went back and I looked at some of Daniel Day-Lewis's body of work and I decided that there was a lot of buzz over There Will Be Blood, so I thought I'd finally get around to watching that. And, and I really loved it. Yep. Like I, after I watched it, I was like, my God, he should have won awards for this, and then I went and looked it up and he yeah, actually did win <laughs> the Academy <laughs> Award for Best Actor and the film itself was nominated for Best Film, but it lost so that's out to set No Country for Old Men. of the century. Yeah, it's sort of early 1900s oil LA. fields, Los Angeles or California oil fields, and it's basically he is an oil man that goes out of his way to screw people out of money and make a lot of money on oil. And that's really all there is to the story. Like, on paper, it doesn't sound all that good, but it's all about Daniel Day-Lewis's acting. Okay, because I haven't seen it, and I do want to, but I have seen it, No Country for Old Men, and yeah. I adored that. So. Well, apparently it was filmed in the same area that No Country for Old Men was filmed in, even though it's meant to be California rather than Texas. Mm. And it's just bleak, not much there, little towns with oil fields and stuff. And Daniel Day-Lewis is just phenomenal. Like, so, I, I can really see why he won the Academy Award so for you it. you watch Gangs of New York now? I think I am. I think I'm probably going to go back and try and watch Gangs of New York, and I want to... In the yeah. name of the father? No, see, I'm not sure about that. Mm. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely... Last of Mohicans? Oh, that's a great film. But I, I haven't seen that I saw Avatar, long I don't need to see it, do I? Probably not. Yeah. No. Jimmy C's Vader. But, yeah. <laughs> One downside, I've read a lot of reviews of There Will Be Blood and one of the things that a lot of people took away from it is the fact that there's no discernible female characters in the movie. There's like one or two... So it won't pass a Bechdel test. No. (laughs) But there's one or two sort of background women that you see, but the main characters are all men. And there's really, it's not a very large cast. It's just Daniel Day-Lewis and his change of character and descent into alcoholism. say the same about John Carpenter's The Thing. Well, you could. There's no females at all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I really recommend There Will Be Blood. And now I kind of understand the I Drink Your Milkshake reference that a lot of people have been throwing around. Now i got to watch it still because I still so, like I'd say definitely say that. And yeah, 2007 was a pretty good year for movies by the looks of things. So I think I might be trying to uh, relive 2007 for a little bit over the next few months and, and try and watch No Country for Old Men because I haven't seen that yet. And yeah, that, that was obviously doing something good if that managed to win the, the best picture. And it's an interesting film. Like people it. hate it and there's, yeah. I can understand why, but I really dug it. But I'm a big Coen Brothers mark, so it's, it was sort of for me. Yeah. And, and other than that, I, I have continued with my Harry Potter, what Love do you want to call it? Yeah. Um, the last couple haven't been quite what I was expecting. I'm now up to film number seven. I've watched the first six. And so far, I think the fourth one was probably my favourite with the Quidditch World Cup, despite the fact that the dude from Twilight's in it and says about four words. 
But I thought that was that was good. The fifth one was all right, but the sixth one, the half blood prince, Twilight. I hated Twilight. You loved it. I loved the baseball scene. You you went on a date with your mother-in-law, I did. and you loved it. The, but the baseball scene in the first Twilight was good, but the rest of the movie was just drivel. But Harry Potter 6, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince was the one I just watched, and you actually said to me on our last podcast that the sixth one is a bit of a slog, and you were, you were spot on. Yeah, I, the problem, I think, because I didn't read any of the books past the first one, when they started making the movies, I was like, sweet, don't have to read anymore. And what I found was the books are so big, you can't put everything in the movie. And there's a lot of assumption that you've read the books. Yeah. So as those fourth and fifth movies they sort of jump like boom 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 like especially with the um, like I said the World Cup apparently that was huge in the book but yeah. it was pretty quick it's in and out yeah it's only in a couple of scenes in yeah and I mean I understand you can't have everything but yeah. they, they're hitting all the marks of the story but you're jumping so quickly to the next bit to the next bit to the next bit yeah. like and I, to the detriment of the movie but you could do the worst thing and do what apparently they've done with The Hobbit and made it longer than it needs to be. Yeah. It's still a reasonably length film with a lot of stuff going on. So you don't sit anywhere for too long. I think the seventh film, film you sort of, they drag it a little bit too long. Well, they did split the, the last book into two movies and they're both like two and a half hour and films. The, uh, that second last and one actually the, drags. The sixth movie at two and a half hours as well, there was bits in it that I just felt were totally unnecessary. And I think, yeah, there's just so much assumption of you've read the book. So from here to here, you know in between these things happen. So that's fine. And I sort of found, compared to my wife and my sister, they were all, ah, this and this and this. And they were all happy because they knew the bits in between where I'm assuming that in between this and this, this stuff happened. And yeah, that happened. Okay. Well, the other thing as well, there's there's a lot of characters that never get referred to by name. And they, you know, they come on screen and they do something. And I'm like, hang on, who's that then? Is that, in, is, is that person important? It's yeah. like, yeah, she gets full story in the book. But, but like Dean know. Thomas, I only realised who he was because I'd played the Lego game and I knew he was the black kid. So <laughs> I was like, oh, he's the token black guy. So, yes. Yeah, I, but, I, what I liked about the Harry Potter films was they spent the money they to make good films. And they they do look good and yeah and they grew up and And it's kids grew up in ages and you go back and watch the first one after you sort of get used to every year watching a Harry Potter film and the kids got older and you sort of got used to it and then you get shocked by going back to that first movie and, and seeing how, how young how they child are. Is, yeah. and you're like mm, they did and it was one year per school year per movie and they got older it was like and it, it worked really well they did a great job making that franchise work and it's funny how you look at the fashions it's like you know, there's one uh, one movie where Harry and Ron have both got like long wispy hair and they're wearing Converse trainers and stuff and you know that's just the fashion that was well, 2006 or whatever. And then, you know, the next movie, which I think was a couple of years later, he's got short hair again and, mm. you know, he's grown up a bit more and dresses slightly differently. But no, that was fun. Now, you went and saw Wreck-It Ralph, as you uh, said, I at did. the cinema. Um, drive-in. Had, at the drive-in, yes. Yep. That was good. And you've had another cinema experience? No, not that I can remember. Okay. <laughs> But I did see Dread. Okay. Just on DVD. Yeah. So um, I unfortunately I missed it at the cinema. It was something I'm planning on getting around to, and then when I finally got a chance to, it was finished because it wasn't the big comic blockbuster that was Avengers or Batman this year. But it was good. Super violent. And I wish I. I mean, I wouldn't watch it on 3D on my TV or anything. Not that I can, but. It would have been interesting to see in 3D because it was definitely made for it. Yeah. But it was good. Like, I have got my fair share of Judge Dredd comics and the thing about Judge Dredd is he doesn't really have a story arc. He just is Dredd. Yeah. He's a cop who gets up, puts on his uniform and goes to work. Mm. And in the comic, you never see him get up. He's just working. Yeah. So he doesn't have a personality, really. 
he just does his job. And that, that was this. And, and they're just strange sort of stories set in Mega City 1 in this future where stuff happens and he's dealing with it. And each story might... I mean, there's, in 2000 AD, they're like eight pages per issue. Yeah. And it might be six issues to tell the whole story. So it's very okay. episodic and weird in that way. But there's no... There is the odd story arc that might build on the mythos of him later. Like, I think they dealt with his brother in the Sylvester Stallone movie, which is from the comics, that storyline. But it's not important. Yeah, it's you don't not turn a around story. and go, oh, well, it is a major if you're a fan. Yeah. It is a big story. But if you just want one episode of a Judge Dredd, you just see him kick ass, ride his bike, shoot people, judge people, do his thing. And that's what this movie is. It's just like grabbing any random story straight out of the comic and putting it up there. It's like an episode. Yeah. It's not important. It's not like the, oh my God, this is the definitive Judge Dredd movie. It's like, no, this is just a day at the office for Dredd. It's a big fuck off day. Yeah. So there's no origin story to it. You don't. No. They, they don't. You know, explain who Judge Dredd is. It just. No, you just sort of go. get into it. And I do appreciate that it was a bit dirty. Like okay. with the Stallone one, they really because you're coming off the back of Batman and Robins and that era, yep. where if you're showing the future city or whatever, it's got to be big, and you're, you're showing special effects or you're showing great design work, and we're in the future where this is dirty. It's smoggy. It looks like a city now. Yeah. But imagine if you made it really big so it's just like you know like Boston to Washington is one big city now oh, okay. but it, it looks like a modern city with these massive towers every now and then yep. which they call you know mega blocks and things yeah but it looks real. It doesn't look, oh my God, it's the future. It's just like that that natural progression to get to that point. So there's rust and there's smog and it just looks a bit dirty and real and used as opposed to glossy and futuristic. So it, it's got a groundedness that helps the movie. And like I said, hyper-violent. Like okay. slow-mo, bullets going through the jaw, coming out the cheek and... It's not for the squeamish. Okay. And um, funky. And I would love to watch more. Just give me more of this sort of stuff. I'd, I think it did okay. Yeah, I But think I it don't did know right. how well. I, I don't think it was super expensive. So hopefully they can churn out more of these because I'll, I'll be there. I'll, at the cinemas, I'll, I'll make sure I go. So Rebellion Pictures or whoever did it, do another one. I'll be there. And Carl Urban was a good dread. Yeah. So that's, like, he doesn't have a lot of personality. He doesn't take the helmet off, so there's not much you can do. Yeah. But he was fine. Well, that's good. Yeah. So check it out. Okay. And just a little note here of just a movie I just happened to watch yesterday, which is The Legend of Billie Jean, starring Helen Slater, Christian Slater. They haven't put the two together. I don't think they're related. Peter Coyote, Yardley Smith. It's from 1986. And it, it was just kind of funky. I would have loved to watch this movie if I was a teen when I watched it back in the day. It's about a girl who, Christian Slater's bike gets trashed by this douchebag. So she, so Christian Slater is the sister, and she goes to get the money back off the dad, and he's a douche, and he like propositions her, and she just wants her money back, and he ends up being shot. This event, so she become, <laughs> they become outlaws, and they go on the run, and she becomes like this icon, like a Joan of Arc character, okay. and the media is throwing it there, and people are getting behind this Billy Jean, yeah, and uh, great Pat Benatar in the soundtrack. It was just so of the era, so and if you grew up, yeah, I'm on eighty six and stuff, yeah, and yeah. it just sort of had a vibe to it that. I just remember of movies of the time and yeah. it was just sort of like yeah I would have really eaten this up at the time Okay, and I can't say I've, I've never, never heard, heard of it it's just someone <laughs> on Facebook put it up there I was like what's this movie and they had a picture of the cast and it was like Helen Slater Christian Slater and Yardley Smith I'm like ah, that's weird and and they swore kids okay. swore and it's just sort of like you don't get that in kids movies now where Goonies you might have the uh, drop the odd shit in there or something and even Back to the Future which is not really a kids film it's a family film and it's just kids speaking like kids well, that's good. And that, I mean, you don't want them to be 
terrible, but you just want it to be... So you don't want it to be like that movie, Kids. No. <laughs> Which, it's not for kids, but no. that is realistic representation of it. And that's what I saw, and I, that's what I got with Super 8 this year. Was it yeah. this year? Last year? Whenever. Well, 2011. Year. Yeah. 11, where it's set in the 80s with a bunch of kids, and they swear to each other, because they will say shit, you know? Yeah. It's sort of like, don't sanitise it down. And it, just, it was just fun to see this movie going, you don't get those films now. Or maybe you do, and I'm just not watching them. Mm-hmm. But I actually, in a similar sort of vein, TV-wise, I have been watching a lot of Misfits lately, yeah. and I only just started watching it, and it's really good. But what it is, is it's Smallville, but a lot more realistic. It's essentially Smallville, and in the thing with Smallville, Superman, or Clark Kent, crash lands yeah. with a meteor shower. And those meteors have given people a bunch of stupid powers, and, and that's what they dealt with in the first two seasons of Smallville, is these stupid powers that Clark has to fight. Yeah. Misfits is a bunch of English shavs getting bombarded in a meteor shower and they all get different powers. So it's okay. very similar in that way. The thing is, they're English people on Aspos, which have done something wrong, so it's community service. So they are all got something wrong to start so dodgy. with. Yeah. But they swear, they have sex... They kill people. And it's just sort of a bit more real. And it's and it's not great as far as the overarching story is amazing. It's not, you know, Deadwood or Sons of Anarchy or anything like that. Yeah. But the exploration of the power is interesting. So being a comic fan, it's like, oh, this is if you had time travel abilities, this is a really good story. Or if you had this power, here's an interesting take on it. So that's really cool. And the fact that these early, late teens, early 20s asshole characters are acting, behaving and speaking like real people, not okay. sanitised 16-year-olds for a PG rating people. Yeah. So that I'm really digging it, but they're definitely not likable characters. They and that it took a while to get into it because they weren't likable. And I just started season three, which I've heard is not very good anyway. But they got rid of the character was hardest to like, but I ended up liking him, and he's out. And they replaced him with that even more unlikable character. And it's like he's not even redeemable. <laughs> it's like he's hard to watch this guy. Be interesting to see how I go following that. Okay. So, um, anyway, okay. that's my legend of Billy Jean. Well, there you go. Well, we've talked about a 1986, late 80s sort of movie, and, and instead of looking back now, I think we should probably have a look forward. Look forward. And similar to what we did, well, not similar, but exactly the same as what we did last January in our podcast. We, we be thought second we'd, year of podcasting. Yes. <laughs> yes, we would. We talked about the movies that we were looking forward to in the coming year, and I think last year we probably mentioned about half a dozen, maybe eight movies, and of mm. those eight movies, I think I saw three of them. Mm. Well, some of them didn't come out of Middle East. Yeah, like we, we raved about how we were World looking forward to World War Z and, and G.I. Joe, and they've now been bumped back to the Have you seen the trailer for World War Z? Well, see, I thought World War Z was just like some little indie film that Me Brad Pitt threw his it's, name it's to. It's but definitely not. Watching the trailers, it's a big budget movie. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not based on the book, because the book itself, I think, is a collection of short stories, stories, short yeah. stories of different people in a, a zombie apocalypse, where this is one person's story in a fucking big-ass, yeah, what looks like a big-ass story. It looks great. I, I was definitely, you showed me the trailer, and yeah, it blew me away. So we've got that to look forward to this yeah. year, finally. And G.I. Joe, I'm still looking forward to. Yes, and it's funny, we kind of mentioned The Hobbit last year, and that has now come out. Been and gone. Well, it's not gone. Well, it's but gone, but my interest for it has just really dropped off. Well, I was keen when I got around to it and just haven't and the more I'm hearing the more I'm like mm-hmm. a friend of mine Dave he he wasn't that keen but he wanted to see the 48 frames per second yeah. and came away going yep this makes everything look fake yeah. it was like okay and he goes and one thing is guaranteed I'm not going to see the next two now so he didn't like it at all he said there's one scene where Hugo Weaving and 
Clay Blanchett just compete to see who could take the longest to get their lines out. Okay. It just drags. For a short book, but it turned into three films. Yeah, that's it's crazy. It's, like, it's The Hobbit is so much smaller than any of the Lord of the Rings books, and yet they've now dragged it out to three movies. And I think one of the other podcasts we listened to sort of said that Peter Jackson's sort of getting all of his Lord of the Rings out because this is the last chance he's going to do, so he wants to make the most of it. And I think that's probably what he's done. Yeah, so, so I mean, if it takes three, if he's got stories that need three movies to tell it, fine. But I heard this one's really slow, so I was sort of like, "Well, make it two hours, then don't make it two and a half or two hours forty-five or whatever it is." Yeah. So yeah, it's not looking good that I'll get to it no, anytime soon. But which is a shame. who knows? Like I still want to see it. I'm intrigued, but there's too many other things. Yes. Like well, well, speaking of movies that are based on books and a movie that's actually just come out here in Australia this week is Life of Pi. And I'd heard a, a couple of reviews of it and I hadn't really seen anything of it. But when I saw Wreck-It Ralph last week, I saw the trailer, the trailer for in Life 3D? of Pi. No. Oh, because I've only seen the trailer in 3D and that's like, oh, I really have to see this. Well, see, I don't do 3D movies. Okay. But I saw the trailer in 2D and that was enough for me to sit there like, and fuck, I want to see this. The ads on telly, I hope the Coldplay song's not fucking in it. Well, see, for just, me, the Coldplay song was no, what made it. Reminds me of the TV show Revenge because they overdid that. Oh, up. You okay. don't watch commercial television, but over here, Network Seven promoted the fuck out of Revenge last year through every show they had. Yeah, and it was just that Paradise song oh, okay. and the ad, and it was just every ad break, and it shat me. Yeah, and now there's Life of Pi ads all the time with that fucking song through it, and yeah. it just shits me. And so sort of like the first time I saw the trailer was at the cinemas. It may have had the song in it, so it wasn't that yeah. bad. But the visuals in 3D just look amazing. Just and, the premise of making a feature-length movie predominantly about a kid and a tiger in a lifeboat. Do you know what made it cooler? If it was a liger. <laughs> Liger's pretty much my favourite animal. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> but no, that's definitely something that I was keen to see and then now that I've seen the ad, I'm even keener to see that. And I think that will be something that I would definitely make the effort to go and see in the cinema. I don't think watching that on a small screen... Or... While it's still on next birthday. Well, it won't be on next birthday because it's just come out now. But... And another upcoming movie that also starts here in Australia fairly soon and that's Django Unchanged. Which is out America already, so we're yeah. a bit behind you guys for once. Well, we not are for once, a but little bit. Well, we got Green Lantern before anyone else. Yeah, did. Well, it wasn't that worth it? No. But no, Django Unchained is Quentin Tarantino's take on doing a western, which is getting decent to good review. Yeah, People... I like Tarantino, so I'm definitely there. People have been saying this is his masterpiece. They're saying this is better than Pulp Fiction. And they're also kind of saying that if he sticks to one storyline rather than, say, your Pulp Fiction jumping around for different perspectives well, that's and That's Avery as well, yeah. Pulp Fiction as well. He's... But this this is getting a lot of good reviews. They're saying Jamie Foxx is awesome, and they're also saying that Christoph Waltz is really good as well. So, yeah, Tarantino and Western, I'm there. The next one's up my alley. We've got Man of Steel, which we sort of talked about, and I will talk about later, so guaranteed that I'll be there opening day. Yeah. Fingers crossed it's going to be good. <laughs> I hope it's a great Superman film. I hope it's the launch to a bigger DC universe of films. I hope it makes Superman cool. I hope there's a lot of good merchandise to add to my room of Superman merch. I just, there's a lot of hoping and there's not a lot of confidence. Like, I think it'll look cool. I think Zack Snyder can direct a film. Yeah. It's just, what are they going to do yeah. to make it different, to make it important? And do they have to? I, I'm just happy for a good film. Yeah, just, so... That- we threw it out on Facebook to see what other people were interested in coming up for this year, and Man of Steel got a couple of mentions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm, I had to admit it in front of you, but I'm not a huge Superman fan. It's okay. 
I'm fine. And I have a horrible feeling that they're going to make him the dark, brooding Superman that kind of worked for Christian Bale's Batman in The Dark Knight. No, if that's what it takes. And <laughs> one of the reviews I read, or the write-ups I read of it just recently, it was like Superman gets his depressed beard and works on a fishing trawler, which to me is a bit of a, a warning sign. Well, I mean... It- the problem is, I mean, it's a reboot, so yeah. it's a new origin. So you can go and tell the origin that's been told before, but they haven't really told him in his 20s. All right, he's gone to university. Now he's going walkabout. He's discovering himself. So you're sort of getting that period of him. Because in the in the original Donna film, he sort of grows up in Smallville, then he turns up with the suit in Metropolis. Yeah. So it's sort of that middle period, so you are still sort of doing an origin. But instead of just having a good old chat to your dad on the farm and becoming a nice person, this might be that story that why. You know, he's got the yeah. power of a god or, you know how does he use them and why does he use them the way he does and you know I'm intrigued I hope it adds to the mythos of Superman not rewrites it like yep. gives him a kid that yeah. was just yeah that was just wrong wasn't you know it? so things like that I mean I don't like change <laughs> in a lot of ways you know <laughs> some like but, you know give him his red underpants god damn it but I'm I'm willing to forego that and if they're going to add to the mythos, that, that's great as long as it makes sense and it's cool. But, you know, giving a kid didn't add to Superman at all in any way, shape or form. Yeah. So he's hoping. And when's that coming out? June, I think. Yeah. Well, before that, we have got the big May Marvel comic release, which will be <laughs> Iron Man 3. I mean, I'm a Superman nut, but Iron Man 3, I've got a throbbing... Patriotism hard on from Iron Man 3. Damn and you're not, not even American. I mean, I loved I loved Superman as a character. I love the toys. I love the logo. Yeah. But when it comes to actually buying regular monthly comics, I don't actually buy that much Superman because yeah. it, I don't care enough about the overarching 700-issue storyline. Yeah, you it like the matter. character, not the story. I, yeah, but back in the day, Iron Man and Hulk were my favourite back in 1989, 1990. And the year that the first Iron Man movie and the Hulk movie, was Iron Man 2 and Hulk, came out in the one year. Yeah. I was like, these are my two favourite characters. And no one gave a shit about Iron Man before that Robert Downey film. No. And now he's one of the biggest names in exactly. the Marvel U that people know. Yeah. And it's because it's damn good. And Iron Man 3, the trailer is enough. I don't want to see anymore. I just want to go and experience the movie and be happy. Because the trailer looks great. It's it's not John Favreau back, unfortunately. Mm. Because he did, I think, a great job with the first two. A lot of people didn't like two, but I thought, think it was great. But it was definitely a movie that rested on the back of the charisma of Robert Downey and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. And I two of my favourite actors, so I'm just happy to watch them talk. I don't care. But if you can't have John Favreau, they've gone and got Shane Black as the writer-director of this film. Yep. Now, Shane Black is in Predator, I think, is an actor. Yeah. He's a screenwriter who wrote Lethal Weapon and a bunch of other those sort of films. Yeah, he's got a, a real action pedigree, hasn't he? He's got the pedigree as a writer, and then he goes, yeah, I might try directing. And he went and directed. His first movie was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yep. which is amazing. Yeah. It got Robert Downey out of Hollywood jail. Exactly. It was a movie that's like he was making shit. He got him and Val Kilmer, put him into a, a hit, critical hit. But, yeah, Val obviously is going off and making... Straight to DVD shit films <laughs> because he's Val and Robert's hitting it out of the park with everything he does. Yeah. So the trailer was enough to get me jonesing for this movie. So I'm in three. I am so looking forward to, and the fact that it just keeps building on the success that is the Marvel universe, cinematic universe. Yeah. So there'll be little teasers of other things in there, and then following. I think that's May, and I think like July we might. I think we get Thor too. No, that's actually been bumped back to. November, December next year. Wow, that's a weird time for American. Yeah. But if that's... uh, I'm sure it's not because it's bad because it's not finished yet. No. It's just... I'm sure there's a reason. And the first Thor, I was surprised because I was never a Thor fan as a comic. 
Like, he was important to the Marvel Universe, but I, I was there's a few comic characters I just never really bought. Yeah. And Thor was one of them. I just didn't care. But as far as the movie goes, it was a great film. Yeah, well, like, prior, it was just a prior solid to the film. Avengers, Thor was probably my favourite superhero movie. Really? Yeah, I, I think so. Just for Cat Danny? Yeah, of course. They, the trouble is, though, they haven't got Kenneth Branagh directing this one. No, but they do have a director who did Game of Thrones. Yes, so. he's very much a TV guy, and he knows about grandiose stuff. And they've got pretty much all of the same cast from the first Thor back. I don't know hardly anything about the storyline, what, what they're following. And Neither do I. Like who I your said, baddie's going to be Thor or fan, like I'm a Thor movie fan. Yeah. And that's the same. Maybe I'm a Superman movie fan because I just love the Reeves movie. And mm. that's where I got the love of Superman from, not the comics. But mm. yeah, so Thor, I, I'm a Thor movie fan. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to a buying comic the comics. Fan. Yeah. Well, speaking of comics as well, we've also got the Wolverine movie sometime this year with Hugh Jackman back playing Wolverine. Yes, well, there is no one else that can play well, Wolverine. No. Fingers crossed on this one. It's yeah, been I... through so many different directors and takes and stories. Like Aronofsky was going to make it at one point. Yeah. And then obviously. He won the Academy Award or nominated with Black Swans. So I was like, yeah, I'm not making a superhero comic film. Exactly. I'm going to do something else. I'm hoping it's good. Like, it's, I think it's modern day, which is great. Like, yeah. And I, I just want good films. I don't yeah. care. Like, with the Marvel, with the mutant universe for the Marvel, it doesn't, you can sort of just go with everyone have fun with it. You don't need exactly. to tie to canon terribly much and you can make it work. It, yeah, it's hard to say that because the last Wolverine movie, the X-Men Origins Wolverine, wasn't a good film in, in any standard. Sabretooth really. was great. Sabretooth was good. There's some good elements. Deadpool was terrible. And the video game was really good. That was great, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed the video game. But, yeah, I, I don't know. And there were so many things in that Origins movie that let it down. Well, I think hopefully they learnt from that. Yeah. Like, they're still pushing it because there's a cash cow there to do. So he's hoping that they learnt from that one. Because what it looked was cheap. It did. They didn't spend a lot... Well, well, some of the effects... There's one bit where he puts his claws out in the old man's house or whatever it is and cuts the sink in half and he, like, holds his, his adamantium claws up to his face and it just looks so shitty. It looks like, it, you know, first render graphics. It doesn't yeah, look it like, really did look like a cheap film and I'm thinking, mm, no, you can't do that anymore. Back in the day, I know they used to, for sequels, they would always make less money than the original. Yeah. So it would make 75% of the original. So the budget would be 75% of the original. So the movies will get cheaper. And that's why you get all those straight-to-DVD sequels. Yeah, I mean, but Superman 4. I mean, admittedly, Canon Films were going out of business when they made it, so the budget kept getting cut. But you look at that versus the first one, and it's just terrible. Yeah. They're learning now that, no, you spend more money because you have to escalate. The yeah. risk is higher. Yeah. But hopefully with the Wolverine, it's... Fingers crossed yeah. that they learnt and spend the money. Like Harry Potter, we've said, they spent the money to make it look right. Yeah. Where Wolverine looked like a, a you know, made-for-TV X-Men movie yeah. compared to what X-Men yeah, looked like. it kind of looked like the pilot of an X-Men series, didn't it? Mm. But didn't they? Didn't it get leaked like close to the end and there was like versions that got, got leaked out mm, before they'd had the effects put in and, and then the, the studio thing, actually yeah. had to rush it out to compete oh, with the pirates? Not that I know of. Anyway, Could have been. Yeah, I can yeah. kind of remember something about that. Well, speaking of big budget sequels, we've also got a couple of those coming up this year that we're pretty excited about. And one of them is Fast and the Furious 6. Yes, or The Rocking Cars. Yes. <laughs> and if he's going to be anything like he was in Fast 5, this is going to be awesome. So let's just hoping Jason Lim, the director of 5, he doesn't overdo The Rock. Like you, there's going to be a balance now I could watch it, The Rock in every scene of the film yeah. but what made him so good in this one was he was only in a quarter of the film if that he was in the scenes that mattered but when he was on the screen you couldn't help but yeah. love him 
in the scenes that he was in. So I don't know if that will sustain a whole film. If they go, oh, everyone liked The Rock, let's put him in every scene. We'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. But maybe it'll work. Maybe two hours of The Rock will work. Yeah. yeah we want that guy back. Yeah. And it's funny because the Fast and the Furious movies were always about the cars. Like the first couple, it's all like, you know, let's do this race and you see the race. And in Fast Five, there's like a couple of scenes where they go and like race someone to get the pink slips of the car and you don't even see the race. It's like they rock up and they sort of go, we're going to race you for your car. And then the next scene, they're driving into the warehouse with that guy's car. Yeah, the movie, it's moved past the concept of the racing. Yeah. And now it's a heist. That was a heist a film. A heist film, exactly. I don't know what the next one's going to be. Well, I think but... the, the next one's a chase film, isn't it? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Jason Liam can definitely direct. Exactly. And he also directed the paintball episode of Community. If anyone out there is a fan of Community, if you're not, check it out, and that episode particularly. Yeah. Um, well, another sequel coming up is the Bruce Willis, A Good Day to Die Hard, Die Hard 5, is it? Or 6? Oh, I don't. No, I think it's five, because the last one was 4.0, wasn't it? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> Crickets. But um, it's funny, because we, we've mentioned Die Hard on quite a few podcasts as being the example of a, a franchise that goes too far and becomes a parody of itself. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Like, we, we mentioned it before, and we always talk about how the original Die Hard is that perfect, every really? man becomes a hero type thing. Yeah. Whereas in the later Die Hards... The last one became True Lies. Yeah. He was a super soldier. Exactly. It was um, ridiculous, the escalation of the character of John McClane. Yeah. Now, all right, yes, the budgets have gotten bigger, so it's not done the other way around of going smaller. But if that's the only way you can make the movie is to make it bigger, then, all right, maybe they should stop. Yeah. Do, we, do you really need to see another Die Hard film? Well, I don't think you do. Now, if it's good, I'll see it. Yeah. Like, if the word out there and it's great, like Bruce Willis is fun to watch. But watching the last Die Hard film, comparing it to the first one, it's so hard, it's so jarring to go yeah. back and say, really, this is the same character? Really? Yeah, exactly. See, for me, I'd rather watch a Red sequel than probably a Die Hard sequel. Exactly. Because Bruce awesome. Willis in Red was really well done. And he was kind of playing up to the fact that he was older, but he was still, you know, kick ass. Whereas, to me, Die Hard, I think... He's probably too old to be an action star. No, as long as he plays old. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing. In Die Hard, he was a guy thrust into a situation. Yeah. And these movies seem to be that as well. But he was just a man. Yeah, he was a cop, so he could fire a gun. He could do this. He wasn't just... Yeah, it wasn't just a man off the street. No, but he's just a man with skills. But he's flying jets or jumping... (laughs) But he's just doing too much for an average, everyday cop... Who's too old for this shit? Yeah. You know, so this is in Russia, isn't it? Uh, so I think uh, they're, they're still they, escalating it. They don't really give much away in the trailer, which could be a good thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm intrigued, and I probably will see it because I'm a sucker, but it's one of those movies that we don't need it. He's just hoping it's worth it. Yeah. Well, some of the other things that they've got coming out this year that kind of looked intriguing when we watched some ads was Jack the Giant Slayer. It's from the original director of X-Men. Yes, Brian and, Singer. And Superman Returns. <laughs> so he gives Jack a son. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's intriguing. It's it's a twist on a fairy tale, obviously. They've tried to modern it up a little bit. I guess so. I mean, I, it's, a, it's a weird one. I I didn't think anyone was looking for a Jack the Giant Slayer movie. And visually, it's like, well, I don't see too many toys to this. Because those sort of movies, they're expensive. Yeah. And it's it looks like it's a family sort of summer blockbuster sort of film that you're going to get kids in. It looks like that sort of film. Princess Bride for the New Millennium. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. 
it just doesn't... I'm intrigued, again, without being excited. Well, I knew nothing about it, and then we were looking on YouTube the other day, and we were just sort of searching for upcoming movie releases 2013, and that came up, and kind of piqued my interest. Where, to me, probably more interested in seeing is probably Raimi's Land of Oz. Yeah, it's called. Oz the Great Magical. and Wonderful or something? Yeah, something like that. Just Oz. Yeah, where that visually looks more interesting. Yeah. But again, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, there's been a lot of mediocre, big, grandiose films like that, like Snow White and the Huntsman and Alice. Was it Alice in Wonderland? What was the Tim Burton one? Yeah, it was Alice in Wonderland. Was just... See, I didn't mind that. Really? With Johnny Depp playing Madonna, playing the uh, <laughs> playing the Mad Hatter. Yeah, <laughs> that was I don't know, just forgetful. Mm. Like you see clips from, going, really? Is that in that film? I don't remember. Yeah. It was just like Hook. I could not like... tell you what happened in Hook. No, I know yeah, I've seen it, but I've it was it, that yeah. forgetful. Yeah. That's where Jack the Giant Slayer, I'm not really excited. I'm intrigued. But yeah, where Oz, probably more excited mm. and more tempted. Well, well, speaking of that sort of twisted fairy tale sort of thing, we've also got the Hansel and Gretel witch hunters. Or yeah. Oh, steampunk. Although yeah. that Steampunk Three Musketeers not long ago. It sort true. of fits in that. Um, the ad made it look kind of fun. It looks like, well, Jeremy Renner's fun. Yeah. Except when he does comedy on Saturday Night Live. Jensen's pretty good as, a, as the witch. And she's easy to look at. Yes. That might be fun. It looks like it will be a fun film. I don't think it's go down as a classic. And I don't think that's something that I'm going to run out and spend $19 for a movie ticket on. I'll probably wait to watch that at home later in the year. Yeah, I mean, I think my my wife has a bit of a crush on Jeremy Renner, so we'll probably be seeing the pictures. Hmm. Yeah, so that, that could be interesting. But again, I'll, the reviews will probably let us know more. And sort of the last one we've got written down here. There is plenty more coming, but we can't go through all of yeah. them. But we're pretty excited about... Pacific Rim. Yeah, this is another one where I didn't really know a lot about Pacific Rim. And when I saw the ad, it was kind of like, well, I wasn't expecting that. Sort of yeah, thing. so it's it's very Evangelion. Yeah. Neon Genesis Evangelion in a way, as in it's humans piloting giant fucking robots versus giant fucking sea monsters. Yes. So, exactly. <laughs> that's all you needed to show. I didn't need to see any of those, like the first two thirds of the trailer. Yeah. Just the end of a giant robot and a giant sea monster. That's it. I'm done. Sold. I'm there. And I, do, I did hear a interview with Del Toro when he talked about the movie and they were doing, mo- um, someone said, oh, did you do motion capture for the robots? And he goes, no, they're fucking robots. Robots <laughs> walk like robots, not like people, not motion capture. Yeah. It's, it's interesting and he's having a bit of fun. So fingers crossed it's good. Yeah. It's better than the Godzilla film or whatever. Like, yeah. it's, it, like just we movies are ready to go to another level, I think. We've had too many sameies. We're getting close. Avengers push that we can do something special and balance comedy, drama, special effects and stuff. Yeah. We don't want the next Avatar. We want, like, the next Jurassic Park. We want to do another step. And Pacific Rim has the potential to do that. Yeah. It may not be. The other one you got, the Wachowski's got a new movie out, and I can't even remember what it's called now. Cloud Atlas. Yes. Which I'm intrigued by not knowing anything about it. It's yeah. almost like The Fountain from Aronofsky a couple of years ago. It's oh, yeah. told over different time spans. Yeah. So it's an ambitious film and good on the Wachowskis for being ambitious. Like, great. If you've got the money and the power, go and do something special yeah. or at least try. Yeah, so, you know, we've got Del Toro and the Wachowskis and Zack Snyder. Exactly. And there, there's it. a lot of stuff out there. Like, we saw Tom Cruise has got another couple of movies out this year. Oh, um, yes. Um, Schwarzenegger's back, back doing The Last Stand where he's like some local sheriff. sheriff that gets caught up in things at least he's playing old yeah that, that could um, be good. we've got that Mark Wahlberg the rock movie Pain and Gain that kind of looks kind of cool yeah, I, but again these aren't like big like cinema releases film. Though, are they? it really does 
But but who knows? I know like last I mean, they'll year, be sleeping. It's the it, exactly like last year we we missed a lot of stuff, and I think probably my favourite movie from last year was The Grey, and we didn't mention that at all. It was not Wolf really. Don't give a shit about your favourite. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it wasn't on anyone's radar, and it just came and it was good. So anyway, we've we've waffled on enough about what we think might be good this year. But we just don't want another Prometheus. No. So, yes, that, that's probably a good time to wrap up this month's podcast. Yeah, so why don't you, um, now that you've heard our predictions, tell us how wrong we are on the Facebook. Yes, we are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. So drop us a comment, like us on Facebook. And tell us what we forgot. Yeah, tell us that we're idiots and that, you know, Life of Pi is not going to be a good film. <laughs> or just, yeah, generally tell us what you think. And also, if you've got any other comments, feel free to drop us a line on our email, which is themapodcast.gmail.com. You can look for us on Twitter as the MA Podcast. You can also find us on iTunes as the Massive Attack Podcast. And as we keep shilling, we're on Stitcher as well. So look us up on Stitcher and yeah, just get out there, comment, tell us what you think because we raffle on about our opinions. But it'd be good to see if we agree with some of the other fans out there. Cool. All right. Well, that's us for this month. So we'll see you next time. Au revoir. <laughs> Bilingual. <laughs> uh, uh. I gotta go. Gotta go. Before I do something stupid I gotta go, I gotta go, gotta go Before I do something lame